Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Librarian Influencers Podcast, and today I'm very excited to bring Texas Librarian Amanda Hunt to you. So Amanda, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your time in the library. Um, I've been a, a school librarian for uh, about nine years now, uh, five years um, as an elementary librarian, and then I'm going into my fifth year as a secondary librarian in the fall of 2020. I have taught in two school districts in Texas, but I currently work in uh, Oak Run Middle School in New Braunfels, Texas, in New Braunfels ISD, which is in between San Antonio and Austin. Um, in addition to being a librarian, I wear a lot of hats in my district, which is great um, because I feel like the more that we can promote the library and promote the things that we do in the library in other ways, um, the more people realize how important it is to have a librarian on staff. So I am also the uh, secondary PBL leader and trainer for our district. And then I'm also the secondary gifted and talented facilitator for New Braunfels ISD. <laughs> Those are huge responsibilities. <laughs> yes, and I love being involved in all areas of that um, and just being able to bring my perspective as a librarian um, to help teachers and help them uh, do the best they can for their students. So um, I love having those roles in our district and um, I hope that it can continue to grow in uh, all areas um, in the library. You had mentioned that um, you've had elementary and secondary time. What, what do you see as some of the biggest differences in those two settings? Um, for me, it was, uh, I mean, I guess it's silly to say the students, but really it is. Um, whenever I did elementary, um, I guess I just thought I always would because both of my parents are educators um, and my mom was an elementary school teacher. So I just always assumed that's what I would do um, is be involved in an elementary setting. And um, I was in the classroom. I taught third grade um, reading and writing. And it just made sense that I would be an elementary librarian. And um, for me, I... I did love a lot of the um, aspects of working with that age group as far as recommending books to them and book talking and the clubs that I did with them. Um, so it was really neat to be able to have that experience and that background. Um, for me, it took actually making the jump to middle school uh, to realize that that's where my heart really is. And, and uh, I absolutely love the age group that I'm with every day because um, they get my humor. We watch a lot of the same shows. I tell everyone I'm 13 inside because that's really um, where my heart is. And so for me, it's um, the connections that I'm Made with the students I just feel are so much more um, personal at middle school than um, than I had at elementary so okay. just out of curiosity did, are any of your former elementary students now in your middle school 
Yes, they were. Um, <laughs> I, um, I just had an eighth grader. Um, she's now going to be a freshman. Um, and I've had her as I was her librarian since she was in second grade. So oh I've been able to <laughs> kind of follow some of them. I am on the other side of town than the elementary that I worked at, but some of them cross over and some, you know, transferred over and stuff. So I am, I'm winding down on my last elementary kiddos. So that's been really neat. That's good. I, I had never worked in worked in the same city that I lived in before. Um, and then one time as a teacher, finally, it's like, oh, it's my neighborhood school. So I would literally, you know, see the kids and, and, and I taught elementary also, but I could still remember one of them seeing me at the movie theater for the first time, you know, and like yelling <laughs> across the theater. Yes. You run into them like that. Yes. But, Amanda, you've had a couple of first years in like a first year when you originally started and then recently now as you, when you moved to middle school, um, choose one of those and just tell us some of those memories of what it's like to be a first year librarian. So whenever I um, took over my first library, I was replacing an older librarian who was retiring, and um, I was still in grad school. I had a lot of ideas, um, and I just kind of uh, went into it completely ready to make that library my own, and uh, so I feel like that is always the best. I really don't know that there's another feeling other than getting to take on your own library and bring your strength and your skills to it and really make it your own um, that is such an exciting time mm -hmm. and so the very first time that I did that that was really um, that was my favorite because I got to go in and, and move things around and um, and change how things were organized and um, buy the books that I felt like our students really needed so all of those um, first times um, those are just really special and um and and really exciting uh, to do in your very first uh, library no matter how old you are or whatever whenever it's your first time um i feel like that's really it's a really great um experience to have and so i did um do that at that first school but i was only at that school for one year so a lot of <laughs> things i was getting going um i had to kind of stop and then i had to do it all over again when i changed districts uh to a new campus and so and that always comes with its own there's always all different teachers different um different collections um and so it's always going to be a new experience no matter when you're changing schools um so for me um the very best one i had i feel like is when i went to middle school because i felt like i finally found my people my campus my my students um that was the one that i was most excited about for all the different changes that i could make Okay. So when you're thinking back to, again, any of those, is there any kind of advice that you would love to have known as you were getting started? Absolutely. Um, and you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but for me, um, whenever I got to the elementary school that I was at, um, I really, they were doing the accelerated reader program and it's something that I am, it was not a huge fan of and I really wanted to kind of um, back away from a little bit, kind of change the whole uh, idea of students getting students excited about reading in general. And so for me, um, a lot of times I get so excited and, and I hit the ground running and I want to make all these changes. And I feel like that's hard sometimes for the teachers on the campus that have been there for so long and have always done things a certain way. Um, I feel like easing into um, the changes that you want to make can be um, really good advice because yeah, 
you don't want to ruffle a bunch of feathers. And, you know, there's lots of different personalities that you have to take into account when you're coming to a new school. Um, so for me, um, I am a very goal oriented person and I always go in no matter what I'm doing with a lot of ideas and um, a lot of things I want to change or do different or make my own. And I feel like the best advice I can give is to that change takes time and that you should definitely um, have goals and have those ideas, um, but that you should um, also take into account the other people that have been there, um, rely on their advice, um, you know, listen and um, observe, um, and then also just kind of know that change will happen, but um, you know, it takes a little time sometimes. So that is very, very true. And it's so, you know, you come in and you want to do so much, you know, you yeah. have all these like ideas, but you're, you're right. You can't just, you know, slam in, you know, with all this newness, but that's very, very wise, very wise <laughs> ideas there. All right. So as we're recording right now, it's, it's summertime. Yay. Everybody's kind of made it through, you know, our prices were still at home now, but, but yeah. uh, I know every summer I, there were always things that I would start working on, you know, as I was getting ready for the next school year. So what kind of things are you doing right now? I mean, maybe it's related to COVID-19 or maybe it's just something that you would be doing anyway to get ready. Um, yeah, I actually, I don't know that there is maybe a summer that I've, my to-do list has not been out of control. Like really, I have more things that I want to do this summer than probably I've ever had before. Um, the first is actually something I actually started doing last week, which is branding myself. Um, I have, and I think this podcast was the catalyst for it because I realized when I'm looking at all my different accounts that I have too many different names. It's very hard for people to find who I am. And branding is something I've wanted to do for several years now. Um, I just didn't pull the trigger yet. So so um, I decided to um, rename myself the next gen librarian. So I've been kind of working on that the last week. Um, and so for me, that's definitely going to be something that I'm working on all summer. Um, but uh, for me, a lot of things are happening right now that I'm very excited about um, in the media, things like um, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, being very focused on anti-racism. And, and so for me, I know that our students are doing a lot of that work as well. Um, I follow, if they follow me on my social media accounts, I, I can sometimes follow them and I see what they're putting out there and they're curious and they're interested and they want to know more about all of the different social justice issues that are happening in our society right now. And so I feel like it's going to be very important for me um, when we go back to build that um, collection. We already do have a lot of books and a lot of resources on titles like that because I've personally been working on anti-racism um, okay. for myself and my library for the last couple of years. Um, but I'd like to go into our uh, destiny collections and make different categories for topics on Black Lives Matter, LGBTQIA+, um, Latinx, um, novels and verse, uh, just social justice in general. Um, cause I feel like the kids are really interested in that and they want to know more and they want to make changes. They may not know how, where to start. Um, so that's definitely something I want to work on. Um, I have a list that I've been curating through, um, Wakelet, uh, Wakelet. I don't never know how to say that. I hear um, Wakelet. Wakelet's how I hear it. So. Wakelet. Yes. <laughs> so I've been kind of working on that too. Um, and just making sure that the purchases that we make for our library going forward, especially with our ebook and audiobooks, because I know that it's possible with COVID that we may not be 
physically in the building, um, that we have books that represent all of our population um, and beyond so students can learn about empathy and diversity and inclusivity um, through their reading life. Um, so that's definitely something um, that I'm working on. We just finished up uh, genrefying our nonfiction section. Um, right before COVID happened. And so we still have a little bit more to do with that. So that's something I need to actually physically be in the building for. But we genrefied our fiction section four years ago, my first year um, when I was there. One of those goals that I had <laughs> um, was to uh, genrefy my fiction section so great for our circulation numbers that I wanted to do the same thing for nonfiction. So we're we're in the process of of that, almost finishing that up. Um, and then um, just lots of other goals within my my other titles that I have for project-based learning. We're working on a training that can happen online for our district. So I'm putting those videos together. Um, just a bunch of little, um, you know, to do things, but uh, I'm very excited um, to get this stuff um, on the ground running because when we go back, however that looks like, I want to make sure that we're as prepared as we can be um, to service our students. That's awesome. Now, you're, since you're in Texas, do you have access to TextQuest? I know most of our districts do. Yes. So be sure you use teaching books because a lot yeah. of what you're describing, I, I know like that owner is very passionate, you know, about all the, the own voices and um, all, all the equity, you know, is very important to him. So he's got a lot of different book lists. So that would be an awesome resource. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. All right. So as we're moving on, um, you obviously have I've started having a big influence on your campus already. Um, how would you describe the kind of influence that a librarian has? Um, I feel like we do, we have a lot of influence um, on our campus. We are the only one of us, you know, um, on our school and librarian is synonymous with knower of information, <laughs> um, like, you know, very knowledgeable person. And I, and I'd like to keep that for myself um, is something that's true. Um, a lot of my teachers do reach out to me. They know that I'm a really big reader. Um, I post, um, I, I do, I read a book a day in the summer and I post it on Instagram. So my, my teachers know that I can be somebody that they can come to for book recommendations, suggestions. Um, and then also I like to read a lot about, um, of topics that are happening right now. Like um, I, I am growing my nonfiction collection um, on the Black Lives Matter movement. And, and so a lot of the topics that are happening in the news, um, they do ask my advice on things like that. Um, but I feel like just in a bigger sense, not just with books, but just um, how they can best service their students. Um, I feel like that's really important for the librarian to be knowledgeable on um, just information literacy period um, and digital citizenship and just like a lot of the topics that can best serve um, our teaching our teachers so it's really important for me to be up on all of that so it's it's something that I'm always working on I never really take a day off from that kind of stuff because I always want to make sure that my teachers know that I'm here for them to support them and that I um, and if I don't know the answer that I can find it and I can get them the right information. Yeah. And we, you know, librarians have to realize that, that a lot of times we have to say, I don't know right now. Right. <laughs> but Absolutely. I definitely know where to go, you know, or, or who to talk to about <laughs> that. So that's awesome. So is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to next year, like something new influence wise that you want to start working on on campus? 
Uh, yes, I'm actually really excited to um, work on MESH, um, which is the focus of the importance of media literacy, uh, ethics, sociology, and history education. And I feel like there's no better time to do it than right now. Um, we have a lot of movement happening with um, social justice issues, and um, and it kind of makes me feel like I would, I mean, I, I do feel like we were on campus right now so that I could be having these conversations with students and teachers and um, doing book studies. Um, I'd really like to do one on Stamped um, by Jason Reynolds um, because I just found that book so important and so moving and learned so much that I didn't learn when I was in school. And so um, I just feel like making sure that um, we are focusing on all of that, um, the things that are happening in our society right now, and that we don't lose momentum on these issues that need to be talked about and need to be addressed. Um, I've, I, I'm really excited to start that in the fall. Now, I had not heard the acronym MESH. So where, where did that come from? Or where could we find out more about that? Absolutely. Um, so um, it is, I actually have an article, it's called Forget STEM, We Need MESH. Um, and it's by Tim Wise um, through medium.com. And I can um, share the link with you, um, Laura. And it's just like, um, I, I first heard about it on a blog um, by um, somebody that I follow on Facebook. And it was just like kind of moving. And, and don't get me wrong, I love STEM and I love STEAM. Um, that's actually something I'm very passionate about. I've presented on it at multiple conferences across um, the United States. And so um, I feel like that's something I'm very also passionate about um, on my campus and with my students. However, I feel like we are in such an important time right now that we need to be focusing on um, the importance of history and teaching the right kind of history, the true history of what happened with all of our uh, population um, to our students um, so that they are more prepared to go out into the world yeah. and kind of getting away from that whole fake news thing and actually showing them what the true information is. So. Okay. Very good. I'm gonna have to read up more about that myself so I can learn. So thanks for sharing. Sure. Um, now, I have to admit that I first heard about you from one of my friends named Renee Dyer. Um, she, she was trying to get me to, to get to look at TikTok and I kept saying no. <laughs> but, um, anyway, you were the one that she introduced me to. So what would you say, um, just talk, let's talk a little bit about the role of social media um, within our school libraries. So social media is something that I really embraced when I got to middle school. Um, at elementary, it's not really um, a thing with students. If you're using social media um, at elementary, generally it's to connect with the parents and your community. Um, but when I got to middle school, it is literally all they talked about. And for me, connecting with students is such a huge part of my job. Um, it's, it's what gets them in the door and keeps them in the library. Um, if they know that I'm somebody that they can talk to, that they can connect with, that understands the things that they do on a daily basis. Um, and so for me, it started out with um, Instagram and Snapchat. And whenever I would do lessons on these in the library, a lot of students didn't even know about the privacy settings and um, all of the things that come along with being a good digital citizen. And so for them to hear about like ghost mode in Snapchat, for example, and not knowing that their location could be 
shared with anybody that followed them. That kind of stuff, um, it, was, it was shocking to me to see um, that they were pretty much given free reign to use these accounts without really knowing um, the other side of it, yeah. um, which can be kind of scary. So um, in addition to me doing lessons about it in the library, um, I also started embracing it myself and using it um, to promote the library and to promote things that are happening in the library. And for me, the biggest one to use in my library is Instagram. Um, it's great to be able to show photos and um, share all the things that are happening. I, I do one post a day at least um, to keep my account current, to keep the kids um, engaged and knowing what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, and then about the end of last school year, I started hearing them talk about TikTok. And I um, am never one to shy away to embarrass myself. And so um, I had no problem, you know, kind of, I really watched first. First, I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was getting into, if that was something that I was going to do. And to be honest, it's very addicting. Um, as an, like, I am a 36 year old woman and I am addicted to TikTok um, just because it, and it's and the, and the way the algorithm works is that it filters and it starts to pay attention to who you are as a user, the things that you like, the people that you follow. And so for me, all I see on my For You page are other teachers, other librarians, other people that are using this app in an appropriate way. And so for me, that was um, really important for me to build my PLN, um, but also just to kind of know what it is that the kids were doing. And it, and it, it became such a joke at our school, like a running thing is um, that they asked me to perform in our pep rally um, with all the popular TikTok dances. Um, so that was something that we did in February and it was a lot of fun. And the kids, you know, they, it makes me more approachable. It makes them um, know that I know what they're talking about. And, um, it creates a connection between me and my patrons and in a way that I couldn't get in, in just by being myself. So um, I found it to be really fun. And because of me getting on there and posting now every day, um, I, I was able to join um, Talk Star Librarians, which is run um, AK Busy Bee. I don't know if you all know her. She is um, an awesome um, librarian in Texas also who wanted to kind of pull all the other librarians that were doing similar content and put us together. Um, okay. Kind of like the, there is a teacher group schoolhouse talk um, that they were doing teacher content. So they were like, well, why don't we have librarian content? So we all started getting together and, and posting um, videos on Talkstar librarians. So it's been a lot of fun to like meet other librarians, to like see what they're doing, to take popular trends and turn turn them into a library um, frame of mind. And um, my friend Kelsey Bogan in particular, who's also on Talkstar Librarian, did a blog post about using TikTok um, in your library um, for programming. And I find that to be the kind of like with my, my new branding name, Next Generation. I feel like a lot of um, people that are embracing this um, are aware that it is something to get our kids in the library, something that gets them excited about it. It's a way to recommend books. It's a way to um, share happenings in a fun way. It just really um, can connect the librarian who can seem out of touch at times, depending on age or approachability and how many times the kids come to the library with your students and your patrons. So it's, it's been really great. Um,
and my kids all know that that's something that I do and they call me cringe and I don't even care because I think it's so fun. Um, and so if I'm having fun, I feel like there can't be anything wrong with that. <laughs> so you mentioned um, lessons. Do, do the teachers request these lessons or are these things like you offer before school lunchtime or? Um, I do digital citizenship lessons when the teachers sign up for class time with me. I see my, my, um, teach my ELA teachers, um, once every three weeks, um, just because of the size of our campus and scheduling and everything like that. So when they come, I like to do lessons on digital citizenship, um, because I know that that's stuff that that's happening in their lives. That's stuff yeah. that they see and they spend hours on like hours of the day. Um, and so if they're doing that, I want to make sure that they're being safe. Um, and then also that they see somebody that, um, you know, me that is using it in an appropriate way. Um, and that it can be done appropriately. <laughs> good points. Very good. Points. <laughs> All right. So for our listeners who are thinking, man, I just haven't been brave enough to get started yet. Do you have like some first steps? Like how can they think about getting started with this? Absolutely. Um, TikTok isn't the most user-friendly app. I'm not going to lie. Um, and you know, Instagram, you post the picture, you put the caption done. Right. Um, and then, um, but with TikTok, it does take a little bit of, um, of time to learn. And I will say the best thing you can do is just download the app. You don't even have to have an account to watch um, the videos. Um, but if you start, you know, searching up different librarians, um, okay. searching up different teachers, um, of accounts that you may have heard of, or, um, you know, you can follow me, see who I follow, because that's, I follow teachers and librarians. And you just start watching and see kind of the content that they're posting and how you can make it your own. Um, I always feel like that's important is to not just always copy what everybody else is doing, but to take an idea and to make it something that you're excited about, that you're interested in. So um, that's the first thing I would say is just to download the app and play around with it, watch it. Um, there's a lot of great tutorials, um, uh, accounts that people like actually have an account to show you how to use TikTok. Um, so that's always great to follow them. Whenever I was doing my first video, I was like, how do I edit this and the sounds and the, and everything? It was just, it, it can be confusing. So definitely take your time with it. Um, and then as always, I'm here uh, to help if you need any advice or, or tips or suggestions. Awesome. Now I, I know, uh, like I mentioned Renee earlier, we, we did a little workshop with a Europe group of high school students. We're actually their middle school going to high school. And uh, so we played a lot of your, your, ticks, your TikToks, um, just running, you know, one after the other. But I noticed so many kids were in them with you. So at the beginning, was it mostly just you? And, and then later the kids, like, how did that work? Yeah, so the first one I was, um, I guess, nervous. And so the very first TikTok I did was a, um, it was on our last day before the holiday break in December. And um, kids kind of have free reign that day. You know, we, we were doing just fun stuff in the classroom. So I had a group of girls that were hanging out in the library and they're like, let's just do it. Like, stop talking about it. Stop worrying about it. Let's just do it. And I was like, okay. So they kind of pushed me to do the first one and it was a, it was a dance. And so, um, you know, of course, that's what a lot of girls want to do is the little all the different trend dances and that's and that's great um, and then after that um I really just wanted to kind of make it my own. I was, um, and make it just about me and seeing myself. Um, there's always going to be every once in a while girls, Oh, I want to do one with you. Let's do one. Let's do it. Let's do a TikTok together. And I'm like, and that's totally fine. Um, 
for me though, and, and especially now moving forward um, as I brand myself, um, I feel like it's important um, to know that that is my account, you know, for me. Um, I wouldn't ever want anyone to regret doing one or feeling like, um, oh, that's out there forever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I just really feel like um, for me, it was, I, I don't mind making a fool of myself and being silly and goofy and having it be there forever. Um, kids, I feel like are still unsure of what that means. They don't really see social media as a forever thing. They post stuff and they delete it like it's nothing. And I very much am from the generation of I use like Facebook as like a scrapbook of my life. Like I have stuff up there from 2005, you know? Um, and so I, I want them to know that when I put that on my account, generally that's something that's going to be there forever. So I wouldn't want them to ever feel like, Oh, I was such a dork two months ago. Can we take that down? <laughs> so I'll keep that at me <laughs> for a while. So you, you mentioned it's going to be your account. So how, like, What's your recommendation for people? Like, would they have a TikTok personal account and a TikTok school account? Or? Um, I think it depends on the content you want to post. Um, I am uh, in the process. I know that a lot of the uh, librarians that I am in a group with have it for their library. Okay. And, that's, and that's great. And that's honestly what I started it out as. It was the unicorn librarian. That's what I um, wanted it to be. Um, and a lot of the, and if we were going to go back to school tomorrow, I would post TikToks in my library because I feel like that's a place they recognize. It's a place that they know that um, where I am and that's where I work. Yeah. Um, and I do really am aware of the content that I post. I don't ever want to post anything inappropriate. I want them to know that, that I am a PG account if they follow me. You know, I am representing a library. I'm representing a school district. Um, and even if I don't say it, just my presence there is a representation sure. of our district. And I want to make sure that that is all appropriate always. Um, if you do want to have an account that's a little more risque, <laughs> there are a lot of sounds out there, a lot of dances that are not appropriate. And so I highly suggest that if you do want to have that kind of account, that you have a private one um, and that you, you, if you do use one for school or even just as a librarian in general, um, that you are aware of the content that you're posting and that it's representing your school, your district, yourself. Okay. Very good points. All right. So let me think if there's anything else. So this, you mentioned IG too. So do you, and with IG, do you have an IG personal and school? Um, I have an, a personal account for Instagram, but I don't really post there that much just okay. because I, my day is spent really 100% on my school. Well, it was a school one. Um, now that I've branded, it's just me, um, the next gen librarian. Um, and I am really growing that account right now just because um, I feel it's very important um, to have a social media presence and I want to make sure that what I'm posting there is representative of my ideas and not necessarily my campus's ideas. Mm -hmm. And for a long time it was um, for my campus and there's just so many things happening right now that I want to make sure that if I post about um, LGBTQIA+, or if I post about Black Lives Matter, that I want to make sure that people know that that's my feelings, um, those are my opinions, um, and not uh, attached to my campus. So that is the change that I made recently that um, I'm okay with that change, and I want to make sure that those two things are separate, um, and that I'm seen as a librarian, not necessarily the librarian at this campus. Yeah. Um, 
and then I do post um, all of my TikToks to my Instagram stories um, because a lot of kids um, have Instagram but not TikTok and they want to see the content that I share. So I do put that on there as well. Okay. Out of curiosity, do you, do you have one of those statements like, you know, this, these reflect the views of myself and not my No, I don't. Just because this change just recently happened. Okay. Um, but maybe I, but I should, I mean, if that's definitely something that, um, cause that's really the reason why I made the changes so that I was very aware that this is my brand and that, um, this is, you know, the feelings that I have not necessarily tied to my district. I see that on some accounts, not, not everybody, but I was just, right. that was something, you know, that had come up with you. All right. So Amanda, um, we're starting to wrap up our time and like, what, where is it that you keep getting up? Like, how'd you learn about TikTok? How'd you learn about, you know, social media? Where do you go or what do you do to keep learning about all these new things? Um, for me, it's the, the kids. They are the ones, they have the pulse, uh, you know, their finger on the pulse of what's happening right now. Um, and so whenever they start talking about something new, that's when I start paying attention and seeing how I can get my foot in the door there. Because if they're putting all of their time and their energy and their attention on something, I want to be a part of that because if my, my library, my, my books, my voice is in that conversation, um, then they can't ignore it. <laughs> and so, um, I really, and I, and, and like I said, it, it creates a, a connection between me and the students. Um, it definitely gives us something to talk about. It makes me more approachable in the library. It makes the kids want to, um, reach out to me. Um, and, and I can recommend books in a sneaky way that they don't know that I'm doing it. And then they, um, and then they, check those out and then my job is, is done. So I, um, I feel like it's really important for me to have, you know, be aware of what it is that they're, they're into. And right now it still is TikTok and uh, TikTok's going strong here. Um, I keep waiting for the next, uh, big thing, but for right now, um, I'm going to keep, um, I'm going to keep doing the TikToks until it's become something else. So okay. Okay. now I'm going to pick up on something you said, you talked about introducing books and things, the sneaky way, like, can you give an example of what you mean by that? Sure. And um, so when, um, there's a lot of trends on, on TikTok, and I'll tell you one that we're working on right now with talk star librarians. Um, there's one from the black eyed peas song. Um, and I keep running, running and running, running and running, running that song. And it's somebody running across um, their bathroom mirror. Um, and so uh, we're going to film that this week. Um, but instead of running with an object, which is what the trend is, we'll be running with a book and uh -huh. each one of us will have a different one. Okay. Um, and then we've done one, um, ones where it was um, where you drop um, an object um, down the camera and the next person catches it and, and it okay. looks like it's all falling yes. and um, we did that with books and then we did a reading rainbow one with all the different colors of um, book covers and things like that and then just sometimes we find a song that we like and we just recommend um, different book covers so the one I posted yesterday um, for um, pride month was a bunch of middle grade books that have LGBTQIA plus characters in them and with the song Born This Way by Lady Gaga playing behind it. So it can be something as simple as that or you can take a trend that's really popular and just replace it with books. <laughs> but it's a way to kind of get into um, the kids. They say like, oh, I know that trend. And then they see that it's books too. And then they're having that conversation. Okay. Okay. And my blog post a week or so ago was about PLNs, you know, professional learning networks. And it's totally what you're talking about right now. Like, how do you, do y'all 
meet and talk your talk star group how, how do y'all yes um so the very first time we all got together we did zoom um to have a conversation of kind of what our goals are and what we want it to be and um now we use oh what is a uh, discord so discord is a kind of a gaming app um but it allows for texting to occur um it's i've never used it before until this um but you can have a hashtag and so it um you can follow that trend so right now it would be hashtag running TikTok, which is the one that we're working on right now and um and that's the trend that and that's the conversation it would follow so anyone that wanted to participate in that video they can follow that trend um okay. and that hashtag of what what's happening right now so um that's how we kind of communicate and come up with ideas and and share um, we all have a um, the the TikTok uh, talk star librarians added to our TikTok account and then we have a Gmail um, Google Drive to drop videos into and stuff like that so I love it I love I just love to see it when groups get together and they really just spur each other on you know and all these great things come out of that so yeah. con congratulations to y'all all right well Amanda you have shared so much so the people that are wanting to follow you, you know, of course you mentioned the next gen librarian where like where are they going to find you online um i just created a website it is the nextgenlibrarian.com um i'm going to be posting blogs on there as well um it's i am at the nextgenlibrarian on instagram and tiktok and then on twitter i am at the nextgenlib l i b all right very good well thank you so much for sharing the fun stuff today that, that's <laughs> awesome. and maybe summer would be a great time for people to um, to start checking out TikTok if they haven't tried it yet and I love that you said also they didn't have to create an account they could just get the app and watch for a while um, yes. so, you know, they need to look for you and, and just see how much fun <laughs> <that you're> <laughs> so, thanks so much for your time Amanda I really appreciate it and I'll be following you on all the different platforms Oh, thank you so much, Laura. I appreciate it. Well, have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.